Hi guys, welcome to In Our Community Podcast, where we interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things in their communities. I'm your host, Coach Hitty from Resurrection Movement Studio. On episode 34 of this podcast, I sat down with Robert Taylor Jr. from Broadway Dance Center. This is part three of doing interviews and having conversations with dancers and choreographers who are doing amazing things in the dance community. Conversation with Robert can be summarized in one word, uh, fun. Uh, so much golden nuggets that he dropped during this interview uh, that you are definitely not going to want to miss this episode. Whether you're a dancer or not, his story and the way he tells this story is just so incredible. So I, ho- I do hope that you guys check it out. Uh, the episode is a little longer than usual. Uh, it's because we lost track of time because we're having so much fun having this conversation. So I hope that you get to sense that as you listen to it. Listeners, thank you for your listenership. And don't forget to subscribe to our show and leave us a comment on iTunes. Let's get started. Okay, today we have Mr. Robert Taylor Jr. from Broadway Dance Center uh, on the podcast with us today. Thank you, Robert, uh, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Very, very much appreciated. Very yeah. Grateful. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, this is part three of the series that I'm running running during this quarantine of interviewing choreographers and dancers uh, during this quarantine to just get to know them better, to get your story out there, because you guys are always in front of the class, motivating the students, pushing the students, giving them a great experience. But the part that we don't know is who you are and how you came up about. Although you're a little bit more um, more famous because you know, like I was just reading your bio on the Broadway Dance Center and realized you were on So You Thinking in Dance. But let's track <laughs> back a little bit. How did you get started in this dance world? Wow. Um, let's see. Where does that stem from? Okay. It ha- actually happened after college. You know, from college, I was you know, I major, I double majored, and I did a be in dance and a be in, in theater. So I had to do, you know, take the acting classes and the theater history classes and, and then uh, voice and speech classes. And then on the flip side of things, I was taking like technique classes like Graham and Horton and Taff and, and jazz, you know. So I was switching back and forth doing the double major thing, but uh, I had no idea that I was gonna be like a, a actual hip hop dancer. So that stemmed after college and, you know, I, I met a guy named Aunt Boogie from the Amount Boys. Yeah. And I started taking his classes. You know, I was in there for like a good year, just just relentlessly taking his classes. I just wanted to be there. Just, I, was that, I was that kid that was there before everybody else. And I was that kid that left the studio last, you know. Mm. So, um, you know, he was teaching me as far as, as choreography and, you know, clean lines and, you know, preciseness and, the, the more I took his classes, the more I started feeling different things of elements of hip hop, like uh, what's what's popping, what's locking, what's breaking. And he was using those elements in his choreography, you know. Um, so, you know, shortly after that, he started asking me to warm up his classes and then warming up his classes. And then, you know, students, you know, started to say, oh, he's got a good energy, he's got a good energy. So and I was very grateful to to get that feedback. And then they started passing it you know, to um, other teachers. And then I started taking other teachers' classes, like, you know, people like Specs for locking or you know, people like Jamie Jack. Jamie Jack was actually one of my mentors, 
Mm. And he was well, he was a guest on your show as well. Yeah, um, he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jamie, Jamie Jackson. He took me under his wing, you know, for a good year. And uh, you know, after a while, they started asking me to warm up their classes. You know, just just to you know get it going. Maybe sometimes they couldn't get there, you know, in the nick of time. So I was I was always that kid that was there to warm everyone up. And then after a while, um, you know, to put the the powers that be from BDC started noticing that I was warming up their classes. So, you know, after after Specs had asked me, you know, if I could teach a class for him, and then a gentleman named Gio Hubella gave me my first yes. class. Iconics. Iconics, yeah. Yes. He, he gave me his first <laughs> class, you know, to, to sub for him, you know, and then right after that was Specs, and then after that was Jamie, and after that was Aunt Boogie. And uh, after a while, like BDC started asking if I wanted to sub, you know. And uh, the this stems all this stems from two thousand and three. Wow! You no, know, two thousand and three, working its way up, and then my first class that I actually taught was two thousand and eight, and then I became full time faculty in two thousand sixteen. Wow! Yeah, that's a long journey. Oh my goodness! Thank you, thank you. That's awesome. So, wh- I know you mentioned that you've kind of dabbed into different areas of dance from technical side to even musical theater. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but what draws you in about hip hop? Oh man, I the music of it, the, the music, and you know, the essence of the feeling of the music, you know, the, the beats of it, you know, the the, the funky bass line, you know, like guitars in there, um, you know, the substance and the resonance of what it makes you feel. It's like real good, feel good stuff. And then, you know, besides the music aspect of it, there's the dance aspect of it, which is, you know, when you're seeing people like, uh, you know, um, uh, Fred Berry from What's Happening when he, and he's locking, you know, for the lockers or, you see Don Campbell, uh, rest of soul now. Uh, he just left us. Um, when, he, when you see him on Soul Train doing things, or mm. you see people like Michael Jackson taking from different styles, like, you know, from going from, from Dancing Machine, you know what I mean? Like, going all the way to, like, uh, locking with uh, Walk Right Now and, you know, stemming from, like, Dynamic Rockers, you know, uh, the movie Beach Street and, you know, that kind of thing. So I was just, like, looking at different things from these times and then watching music videos, you know, from, you know, people like Heavy D and the Boys and, you know, Run DMC and and all of this stuff had hip hop in it, you know, like my parents used to play these music videos and they used to pop in their their, their VCR, uh, VHS tapes, oh Uh yeah, (laughs) they used to pop in these tapes and all these music videos used to just come on and I was just so fascinated by the dance of everything and, you know, how everything looked and, you know, so, Kathy Leo, like Jazzy J was, you know, one of the dancers in the music video. And then he became one of my mentors 15 years later. I would have never thought that. Hmm. I 20 years later. So when, um, did, I think I read it on your bio that, did you perform for Michael Jackson? You had the opportunity to do that? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. Oh, uh, wow. What was that like? Oh, boy. Um. I, I remember it very vividly to this day. I still, like, I, I still feel the starstruckness of, of being in his presence, you know, and I got very lucky with that gig. I was working with a singing group called Unity at the time, and we were trying to go for, like, NSYNC meets the Backstreet Boys, you know, meets New Kids on a Block. 
So it's uh, me and two, two other guys and two other girls, you know, um, multicultural. And my manager happened to know uh, one of the impersonators who used to go to Michael's house and, you know, like, you know, go to shows with him and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So one day my manager, you know, he, he went out, you know, for a, a food break and then he bumped into this gentleman named Ahmad Alatab and he was one of the impersonators uh, for mm. Michael Jackson. And then they had a conversation and then, you know, uh, on my, the manager, his name was Andreas Sahar. He asked me, not asked me, he asked Ahmad if, you know, he, if he can come check us out at rehearsal for a little bit. So he came through, you know, he checked us out and, and you know, Ahmad showed us, you know, his Michael Jackson stuff, which was cool. And then uh, Ahmad said, hey, maybe, maybe I can get you to be in my act and we could perform for Michael together. And, you know, we just lost our mind like i bet <laughs> yeah that's a big deal we lost our mind we couldn't believe what was being said to us and then you know we started rehearsing with him you know the following week and you know we we didn't think it was actually going to happen but we were just still excited and you know we was we were still like this is michael jacks but uh we don't know if this is gonna happen you know so you know like you know long story short you know the the following week we get to webster hall and all of, we see all of these Michael Jackson acts and we see all of these, you know, singing groups and these solo artists and you know, it was the real deal. We were like, whoa, like this is actually happening. And then, <laughs> you know, we start, we start to sing our song, you know, Michael's not in the room yet, mind you. So we sing our song with Ahmad cause he's saying come together. And then, and then he like points to us, like, and, and you know, gives us the green light to do our song, you know? So we're like, doing our song and dance, boom, 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 cat, and things like that. And then Michael comes in, we just hear this big roar. He sits down and like in the uh, second verse of our song, he sits down and then he looks down at us and then he's like this and just like doing this thing, you know what I mean? And I, I will be completely honest and I will say that half the notes that I was singing in the song were flat and sharp, you know, I was, a very pitchy uh off key in most instances because i was just so emotional i was crying on the inside and tearing up on the outside and i just couldn't believe he was there and then when we hold our our final pose you know what i mean like michael's like giving us applause he blows his mm. kisses and gives us a thumbs up and you know that that was that it was it was one of the most amazing you know highlights of of my entire career well, my entire life you know mm. so. that's amazing thank you wow well i'm sure that's like one of those things that you reflect back to and say like wow that was especially with him gone now it's just like one of those like everlasting memory that you'll probably never forget i will never ever forget it i was uh speaking with a gentleman named carl anthony tramone and you know he was the uh the director for the kids version of um matilda for actors you know technique new york and you know he he brought me on the board to to be choreographer we were and because he was in the group and he and i were just talking about it and just reminiscing on it and you know he was like Can you believe we did that and i said i, I said to him no i i still can't hmm. you know what i mean so crazy wow now, Robert, did you grow up in the hip hop world, the hip hop culture, or was this something that was that you just were inspired by as you went through in the dance world? 
Uh, I was, well, before even getting into the dance world as a teenager, I just watched a lot of TV, mm. a lot of these videos. I'm, I'm talking about, like, you know, from, you know, Vanilla Ice, like, to MC Hammer, you know, just watching, you know, these music videos and seeing how these dancers do. And I didn't realize at the time that these were elements of hip hop. I didn't realize, mm. like, you know, like that the running man was so resonant, you know, to a, a six step, you know, which was resonant to a, a Scooby-Doo from locking, which is resonant to Fresno's and popping, mm. which is resonant to loose legs and, and house dance, mm. you know, footwork, you know, CNC music factory, stuff like that. Um, I, I just really enjoyed the music of it and the dance of it. And then as I, you know, like after college, you know, studying with, you know, the Mount Boys and going to BDC and, you know, seeing, you know, cats like Brian Green, you know, and cats like Bam and Kelly Peters and, you know, Ejo, uh, I was just like, I need to learn this stuff, you know, I just need to learn this stuff. Kid Clyde from uh, Dynamic Rockers and Samo from the X Fiends, they were my um, mentors, my teachers, as far mm -hmm. as understanding what the elements of breaking are, mm -hmm. you know. So were you involved in the underground scene as well, or were you more mostly grew up in the class setting for the, for the hip hop part? I grew up in the class setting for the hip hop part, but then uh, Brian Green started telling me that you need to go out and you need to like go to the clubs. You know, so that's when I started going to places like Funkbox and Sinsen. And that's where I saw like a whole horde of amazingly talented dancers, like mm -hmm. understanding what the underground world is about. So I, I started getting more of a feeling of that after, after you know, the in-studio route. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's, and that's where I was uh, able to, you know, let loose my freestyle, like learning learning these things and whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. one, of, one, of my, one of my favorite people that I always loved to watch, his, his name is Eric Negron. And mm -hmm. he, um, you know, he was also another one of my mentors. I learned a lot from that guy. And, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of the way that I, you know, when I'm teaching, I, I pick point from all of those guys. I pick point from Eric, a little bit of Samo, a little bit of Efrat, you know, a little bit of Kid Glide, a little bit of Brian Green, a little bit of Jared Grimes, if you will, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of Bam, a little bit of Kelly, a little bit of Angel Feliciano, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, um, you know, that everything, like, you know, everything has happened so late for me, but uh, I just wanted to absorb whatever I possibly could, you know? Hmm. Very cool. And uh, so this is a question that like, I think this would be a perfect question for you. I know you have the technical background. Do you think that aspect of studying the technical styles of dance, the traditional ballet, the jazz, the modern, the contemporary tap, all that elements, did it help you accelerate in the realm of hip hop? Yes. Oh, yes, it did. I can't tell you how many hip hop auditions I went to where we would do a combination and then, you know, we freestyle after the combination. And then, you know, sometimes I would bust out an Alice Cone turn. Hmm. You know, or I'd bust out some Glissada Assemblés into a tour and, and then landing into a corkscrew to start, you know, some CCs or, you know, like a six step or, you know, tracks and stuff like that. So yeah, ballet has helped me so, so much. Um, even so you think in dance, like when we're, you know, we had to open up a show with a contemporary piece. I was able to do that, you know, and dance with uh, Melanie Moore, like who was the winner of the show. 
mm-hmm. at the time and you know got to dance with like you know guys like Ricky guys like Mitchell you know Caitlin they were all technical dancers so I got to I got to keep up with them you know what I mean and uh Nigel Lithgow himself said he said good job Robert you know you surprised me that you had a little bit of contemporary background <laughs> I was like <laughs> <laughs> that's really good <laughs> thanks i'll try you know so I'll, I'll, I'll do the best that i can but i was able to keep up you know like and um like i i really enjoyed learning you know the technique with the ballet and the modern and the jazz i enjoyed learning it you know i always wanted to do that to the best of my ability and i just had such a love for the movement of it it was just very organic you know a gentleman by the name of john goring who you know also you know left us you know he was my mentor you know back in 96 and he came from this you know this organic you know aura you know and it's like mm-hmm. broadway's early type of thing going on so you've mentioned a lot of people's names, which is very, very cool. And, and, and I think I, if listeners are listening, if younger students are listening, I hope they pick up on that, that these connections that you made are so valuable and has set you up to, to the path of success. How did you go about making these connections with other people? Well, I, when I was with John Goring, uh, he, like I said, he was my first, you know, contemporary slash modern slash ballet teacher. The very first guy, and he even stems back before Aunt Boogie, the very first guy that I met, his name was Eddie Morales. And Eddie Morales was a, a student of John Goring. And Eddie, at the time, he was like in so many projects, like dancing for Janet Jackson, you know, dancing for Aaliyah, dancing for Missy Elliott. You know, he was just around the scene so much and he was deeply immersed in it. And then when he had time, he would come back to the high school that I went to and, you know, like visit, you know, Mr. Goring. And then, you know, he showed me some choreography to like participate in a dance show. And I learned a lot from him. And then, you know, I got to be the scarecrow in the, the high school production of The Wiz. So Eddie, he was choreographing my parts you know, like to, to like to do things and learning like miming stuff like that. And, you know, trying to hang vines with Toy Man. And he was helping me out with that. And I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. You know, and, and you know, every time I, you know, come from rehearsal, I turn on the TV and bam, there's Eddie on TV, you know? So it just blew my mind that I, I, I was, you know, already connected to someone in, in such a sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. I can do this too. Like, you know, I just, I would, it just really, really inspired me to, to want to keep going and to want to want to, you know, learn from all of these different people. So, and the more people I met along the way, the more I just wanted to study. Like when, even before I met Aunt Boogie, I was, I was watching the movie Honey, you know, with Jessica mm-hmm. Alba and Aunt Boogie was in the movie, you know, and that's, and when I saw him in that movie, I mean, I'm sitting, it was, it was a, a regal cinema too. And I'm looking at the big screen and I was like, that's it. I gotta do it. I really gotta do it now. You know what I mean? Cause this was a few years after Eddie and then one year after graduation, you know? So uh, I said, I needed to, to come to Broadway Dance Center and I gotta do this thing, you know? So that's how It that- seems like you did your research as far as like trying to find out like who these people are and then, you know, learn about where they came from or learn about other things that they were involved in, just watching them and just kind of visually seeing how they move and study them. 
And so then when you went to class, you kind of knew already like what you what to expect and what you wanted to soak up. So it wasn't just like you randomly showed up to class. You did the background study of like, okay, like what do I want to take away from these teachers? And then you really went in to just grab that. Yes, yes, yes. I, I just wanted to know who everybody was at the time. And, and then there was a time where the internet started to like, you know, really get big. So I would look online and, and just look up their bios and see who's who. Mm. Like, God, I, I was I was that nerdy kid that was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. You know, I was that kid. I, I can totally understand that. I've done the same. Like I, when I first came into your class, that's exactly how I was like. Robert Taylor Jr. Here's on So You Think You Can Dance. I want to learn from him. This is great. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like this. It was, it was exactly just like that. Mm-hmm. Now, you also had a cool opportunity to be part of SpongeBob, uh, the Broadway show. Can you talk? And I've seen your posts on that. And I was like, wow, this looks so cool. Do you want to talk a little bit about that experience and how it came about? Yeah, um, well, I, I've been trying to get on Broadway for such a long time, you know, like, you know, like, I'd say 30 years, just about. Wow. Yeah, you know, um, and this was stemming since I was a kid, you know what I mean? So I I was one of those that was like, you know what, I want to do the hip hop thing, I want to study, it. I want to study it. And then I, I said, hmm, how do I get in? How do I how do I make it happen? How do I do it? You know, and then I just started hitting up a whole bunch of auditions. And, you know, I, I went to everything from the Motown to Hamilton to um, Lion King. I, I just wanted to do anything I could possibly do. And, you know, stemming from there, uh, what SpongeBob came about, it was just out of nowhere. And I had no idea, you know, what kind of show it was going to be. Like, I, I watched the cartoon. I was always a fan of the show, but I just never knew how it would, you know, resonate on the Broadway show. But then, you know, I got, you know, what happened was a gentleman named Ethan Slater, he was coming to my classes. I had no idea he he was actually SpongeBob, you know, and he mm. was um, doing the show in Chicago at the time. So I had him as a student. And then, you know, he, he asked me, like after class, he asked me if I can give him, you know, private lessons that he's, you know, working on a project and he wants to like, you know, make his shapes like apparent, you know? Mm. So, you know, cause he's trying to like be that square sponge thing going on. So he, he wants to have some <laughs> favorite, you know? So, you know, I've, you know, I've had him for a, a good month at the time. And then, you know, the following week as we're, you know, small talk, you know, stretching, you know, before we're going, you know? So he's, uh, I said, so man, so um, what are you doing this weekend? He was like, oh, I'm going to Chicago. I was like, oh, what's in Chicago? He said, well, I'm, I'm, you know, the thing I'm working on is it's, I'm in the show SpongeBob SquarePants. I was like, wow, really? And he was like, yeah, they're, they're, and they're trying to bring it to Broadway. I said, I said, that's so sick, man. I love SpongeBob SquarePants. And then I, I said, who do you play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, who do you play? And then he he went like this. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, you're Sponge. I said, I should have known it. I should have known you're SpongeBob. You look like SpongeBob. Oh my gosh. Like, wow. You know, and he's like, yeah. And then and he and I said, and you chose me to teach you? And then he's like, Yeah, man. And I said, I'm honored, dude. Like, thank you so much. And then, you know, the next two weeks, you know, passed, and I'm making sure that he's got his lines and he's got his baby freeze and things. So then the um he asked me he said hey 
I'm bringing Tina Landau in and Nickelodeon in next week, uh, and I'd like you to be a part of the documentary. I was like, yeah, sure, man, you know, why not? I said, thank you. And then, you know, so I, you know, I come in the next week, Nickelodeon cameras all over the place. They're filming me, teaching him the moves. And then, you know, we're on a break and then Tina Landau approaches me and she says, I looked you up. I was like, oh yeah. She was like, said, yeah, you, you sing and dance, don't you? I was like, yeah. And then she was like, you do acting too, right? I was like, yeah. She said, how come you didn't audition for the show? And I said, I didn't know about it. And then she looked at me, she's like, oh. And then she's like, okay. And then just walks away like, like nothing. I was like, oh, that was cool talk, you know? And then, uh, you know, a year, a year later, my agency calls me MSA and they asked me to come into an audition because mm -hmm. they said, Tina Land, I want you to come into audition. So yeah, so I came into audition at first I, had to do characters like Patrick and Spongebob, you know, with a reading. And then after that, you know, the following week I had to come in as a sardine, read as a sardine. And then the following week after that, she asked me to do some, you know, tutting and, and some basic breaking. And then after that, next week was another callback. She asked if I can tap. So I did some tapping and then a callback on the same day. And then she uh, asked for us to run in slow motion which was the, the most fun part of the audition to, to run in slow motion and then uh -huh. fall in slow motion, landing in slow motion, you know, so it was great. And then, you know, three weeks later, I got the call that, you know, I will be an original cast member of the show. It was crazy. Wow. And what was that process? So once you got into the show, what was that process like before, like, you know, performing in front of the stage, like before all of that, was it exciting? Was it what you expected? Oh man, it was it was absolutely exciting. Is everything I expected, and then everything more that I you know didn't expect. You know, um, you're rehearsing six days a week, eight hours. You know, you get ten like tech rehearsals, ten out of twelve. You know, um, you don't you don't know what you're in for unless you're actually doing it. You know, because you have to understand like how your voice works with all the singing and then how your body works with all the dancing. And then sometimes one day your voice is tired, another day your body's tired, and then another day your overall thing is just tired, you know? So you have to really, really pace yourself and understand how you um, can uh, work with your with your psyche as far as, you know, hmm. day to day to day. And, and then when you're up and running with the show, the same thing, you have to, to pace yourself. I was a nut. I was, you know, even after the shows, I was going to the gym, you know, 1030 at night and, and then wake up the next morning, then going to BC to teach. And, you know, I was doing that for like seven months until I said to myself, hmm, maybe I need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> I asked BDC to switch my class to a later time and, you know, because <laughs> oh I, I needed my sleep because I had, I was, I wasn't taking any days off because my Monday was supposed to be my only day off, but I was still coming in to teach Monday mornings, you know, and then going home to like rest or whatever. So after seven months, I said, Monday I have off and, you know, we'll do Tuesday through Sunday with the shows mm. and, and the classes and, you know, still doing music and, that kind of thing. And then along the way, I got to meet so many great people. You know, I met Whoopi Goldberg. I got to meet and chat with uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, who was one of my childhood idols from Saved by the Bell. You know, wow. I told her, I told her, I said, I said, I grew up on you. Thank you for everything. And, you know, she, 
yeah, she enjoyed the show. She was like, oh, my pleasure. She said the world needs SpongeBob SquarePants. It made me feel so good. Oh, that was great. I got to um, meet Dolph Ziggler, a WWE superstar. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yeah. I made friends with him. You know, like he, wow. he, he wanted to come backstage. So I took him backstage and everything. And then, you know, he said, just, you know, call me if you ever need anything. And, you know, uh, uh, truth be told, I, you know, called him like, you know, six months later after SpongeBob was done, asked him, how do I get into wrestling? Because I want to be a, a referee for the WWE at some point. So, you know, he told me about the Johnny Rod School in Brooklyn. And then I've been, I, now I've been wrestling for, you know, a year and a half, you know. Well, I didn't know that. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, I wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's insane. It's, I know. And it's, it's the most random thing that, you know, like, <laughs> every time I tell somebody, yeah, I'm going, I'm going, you know, I got to wrestle match tomorrow. And then, you wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Is that your new career path or what's going on here? It's, it's one of my side paths, you oh. know. There's, there's my dancing and then there's my acting. And then there's my music, which um, like I'm a producer and I put stuff on Spotify and iTunes and, you know, write songs and things like that. And uh, now, and now I wrestle as well, you know? Wow. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. I've always loved wrestling. Uh, Like, you know, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, Andre the Mm -hmm. Giant. Those are my guys. So, you know, who I watch now with John Cena, Triple H, you know, Dolph Ziggler undertaker i love all of these people you know so i just i just like being around it so no matter what you're doing you are so full of joy like having this conversation with you no matter what path or what events that you're towing talking about um you talk about it with so much joy where does that come from man just really enjoying the essence of each and every one of these things you know Uh, for example like um, I've done a, I don't know if you ever heard of the Masterclass series. Masterclass, uh-uh. It's like this new online platform where you get to either take a, a sh- cooking class or, you know, acting class or, you know, uh, music production class. Uh, like, and, I, and in this case, I took a music production class and Timbaland, the producer, he was the teacher. And I, you know, started understanding how to produce and using programs and things like that. And uh, in January of this year, I made student of the month for the series, you know, and then, wow. They, yeah. So they gave me a free year of the series and now I'm doing Natalie Portman's acting class. So I just have such a, um, an appreciation for these, these teachers and these people that, that have these platforms and, you know, all of the dance teachers that I've learned from and all of the music teachers I've learned from and everything I I'm, you know, doing as far as the, the, the visions that I'm doing. It's like when I'm a dancer, I'm a dancer. When I'm in this moment, I'm a wrestler, I'm a wrestler. When I'm in this moment, I'm a music producer, singer. I'm a music producer, singer. When I'm in this moment, I'm a Broadway performer. I'll be a Broadway performer. So I like to jump in different hats, but I just really have an appreciation of all of these people that I've been learning from, all of these things that I'm able to be around, all of these things that I'm doing. And I love to pass it to my students I love to pass all of my experiences to whoever I'm teaching at the moment. I like to give them a sense of hope and give them, you know, encouragement that they can be doing these same things too. They, that you can make your dreams come true, no matter how wild it may sound, no matter how crazy it may sound. If you want to be a professional dancer and 
dance background for Chris Brown, you could do it. But if there's anything that I can do to help you, I will be there for you just like everyone else has been there for me. Mm. So like listening to you, I think in terms of your gratitude and appreciation towards those who came before you and your relentless pursuit combined together is the product of who you are and what, how you go about your daily lives. Pretty much this, this is, this is what it's about. And, you know, mm. as cliche as it may sound, you know, I, uh, I say never give up, never give up. There may be days where you're absolutely tired and you're absolutely just, just blown out. Maybe some days, you know, there's frustration involved because I didn't get everything done. And then I'll just, you know, sleep it off and I'll wake up and I'll use that, that, you know, that anxiety to, to put towards the energy for that next day and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get out. I'm going to go to class. I'm going to get out. I'm going to, you know, go to school. I'm going to get up and get on the computer and figure out what new sounds I need for my next song. You know? Now, do you ever get tired? (laughs) I I actually do. I do. I do. Sometimes I ignore it, you know, like I'll, I'll have a day where I have to, you know, be the, um, you know, the marketer for my own music and I have to promote on, you know, my fan page just to put something out there for people that want to hear this thing. And, you know, I have to, you know, be the, the you know, guy that puts on a multiple outlets, you know what I mean? Because everything I've been doing, I don't have a team, I don't have a manager. So I'm, I play manager slash promoter slash publicist on a, on a business entity. So I'll wake up like an hour and a half earlier, tired with coffee, and just being like this, and then mm-hmm. sometimes I'll doze off, and then, oh, I'll do it again, you know, and wake up and make it happen some more, you know. And but, what um, about do you get stressed out too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that happens, you know. And when I when I get stressed out, I will watch cartoons. Mm. I will watch superhero movies, like I'll watch my Iron Man, I'll watch the Avengers, <laughs> things like that, just to stimulate my mind and you know see all of these you know, things happening and, or I'll play video games, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll play something like God of War, you know what I mean? And get my Kratos on, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just love that, that kind of stuff, you know, like, you know, like, um, nonfiction and, and like, uh, toys and, you know, presentary with cartoons and stuff like that, you know? I like I love stuff like that. You know, it takes me away from everything. It takes me away from the reality of what I need to do for a second if I'm tired. And then I, it brings me into like a fantasy world, like just mm. video games, cartoons, TV. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that you do is arts related, right? Like music, dance, acting. Do you ever find yourself in like the the creative roadblock where you just feel like just you just can't produce today. And in those situations, what do you do? Yeah, um, I do have those days as well. And in those days, I do absolutely nothing. I just mm. kick back on the couch and just watch TV all day. <laughs> so you don't force work on yourself. The work kind of naturally comes to you. Yes, yes, yes. When I'm, if there's a day where, you know, let's say I'm, I'm writing a song and then, you know, I'll have what we call writer's block. And then I'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to put this away and I'm just going to chill out all day. I'm just going to chill out all day. You know, man, it, might, it might take me two days to just chill out, you know? And then like I'll chill out on a, on a Saturday and a Sunday. 
And then on a Monday, I'll, uh, I'll be like, I have an idea. You know, I'll wake up at like four or five o'clock in the morning. I'll be like, I have an idea, you know, and then I'll just write down, you know what I mean? Or if, if, if there's a beat that comes to my mind and then I'll wake up and then I'll be like, oh, I got it. And I'll record it on my phone and And I'll let that ride. I'll go to sleep and then I'll wake up and I'll play it again. And I'll play that beat. It'll go and then I'll maybe I'll put like a little background thing. Like I'll put that on top of the recording that I did earlier, you know, and then I'll layer that, let that rest. And then I'll be like, oh, I have another idea. Hi hat. I let that rest. Huh. <laughs> that is so cool. Thank you. <laughs> this, so that ability, and I, I am so fascinated by you. Like this is one of the most fun interviews I've ever had. And, 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 and that's because like you bring so much joy to the table and I just want to keep it going. Is that ability to produce music and be able to do that, was that something you were born with or was that something you had to teach yourself? I, I taught myself, you know, I had, I had no idea I was actually going to be doing that until I started taking Timberland's class last year. No idea. If you would have told me two years ago, you're going to be a music producer and you're going to be making beats, I would have been like, nah, I can't, I, I can't even mess with that, you know? But man, when you dive into it and then you open up the computer and then, you know, Timberland's talking about, you know, how to start, where it comes from and things like that, you just keep going. And then a little bit before the Timberland class, I was just watching like YouTube tutorials on how to start making beats, you know what I mean? And then I started like little by little, little by little. And then with the Timberland class, it's like he opens up a whole variety of things that you can do. You can start making music even from your phone with a small speaker, you know, it starts from there. And then whatever else you get on top of that, you know, you build and, you know, you could take it from there. Like nowadays, and, and I say this in his words, you don't need a, big, a giant studio to make music. All you need, and this is still his words, all you need is a phone or a laptop and a speaker. The rest is just, you know, anything, you know, bigger on a much mm -hmm. larger scale. You could take anything you make from your phone, downloading a music app, uh, to, with a speaker and you could take that uh, those stems you know turn the turn the midis into stems bring it to somebody else who might have a, a, a larger base of equipment and you can make something stack on top of that you know huh that is so cool it's right? amazing to me that like you know I'm, I'm thinking in terms of how you you are the product of your teachers would you say that's correct yeah, 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 absolutely. But I mean, obviously you have some talent within yourself to be able to flourish. But I think the most important skill that I'm starting to learn about you is you're a great listener. You're like a sponge. You soak up everything that you're being taught and then enhance it with your creativity. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot that you said that uh, because um, 
like when I was growing up, I noticed that Michael Jackson was a sponge himself. Like he absorbed from James Brown. He took things from Fred Astaire, you know, with his, his movements. He took things from the jazz era, you know, like he studied like 1950s, you know, Renaissance era. Um, he took from like locking, you know, stuff like this. Uh, he, you know, he used to take private lessons from Popping Todd, you know, and, you know, and guys like Jeff Bridges who, you know, I mean, teaching people like how to, you know, with the popping, locking, and then Michael learned, you know, the moonwalk, you know, from some of these teachers. And then he took that, made it his own, you know? Wow. Sponge, SpongeBob, Robert Taylor Jr. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? I did. I did. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and the funny thing is, my nickname is Bobby. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's another name for Robert. Ah, so maybe, 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 yeah, maybe you should just go by that. SpongeBob. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Robert, we're actually coming towards the end of the podcast. I feel like I could talk to you for hours on and I'm so fascinated with your story and I want to get to know you more, but I don't want to make the podcast way too long and we lose listenership. (laughs) So the, there's a segment that I always do with my interviewees. It's called Words of Encouragement. Although you've already dropped a whole bunch of golden nuggets along the way, <laughs> what would be the words of encouragement? And you can frame this however you want. Um, I do have a lot of youth listeners uh, that, that listen to this podcast, but also as adults as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so any way you want to frame this words of encouragement, please feel free to go ahead. Yes, yes. Um, like I said earlier, everybody, never give up on your dreams. There's nothing too great of a dream that you could dream and not do it because you can. The hard work that you put in is definitely going to be that thing that comes out of the hard work. Drop a penny and you'll turn it into a dollar. Hmm. You know what I mean? Drop the penny, you'll turn it into a dollar. Drop a dollar, you'll turn it into a $5 bill. Bring that $5 bill, drop that, it'll turn into a $10 bill. I promise. That's exactly what it's going to be like. But I like that analogy because I think nowadays, especially like when I talk to kids, I think they think in terms of if you drop a penny, you get $100. <laughs> right? But it's not that way. Well, that's how they, I, I know. It's not that. You, you got to right. definitely start off small uh, because, you know, when I was coming up, you know, at the time, I didn't have so many outlets that like so we didn't have social media we didn't have instagram we didn't even really have facebook we didn't have facebook you know um this was this was all just about grit you know having grit walking into the studio not even watching videos online or you know not not being approved by you know who you wish to be approved from the approval came in person it came in the studio you know it came from the people that that were surrounding you you know what I mean? So I know nowadays that we have this outlet where, you know, we, we get the, you know, sometimes we look for that instant approval, you know, online. And sometimes we do get that, which is, which is great as well, you know, but if that approval doesn't happen right away, you can actually just utilize that time that you have 
and grow from watching other people that might be online or, you know, taking what that person has online, bringing it to the studio or bringing it to the class or using that element for what you do or for what you feel that your brand is going to be. And you can use that as an extension to build on top of what, what your vision is. Hmm. Very cool. There's, I hope that like, this is going to be an episode that I'm going to listen to so many times just to pick up everything, all the golden nuggets that you dropped along the way. Uh, it, wow. My mind is blown. I came into this interview really excited because Robert, you're one of the teachers I've always looked up to and I always have fun just having conversation with you. That's been one of my favorite times because you bring this such an awesome energy to class and to conversations and and even though you've accomplished so much in your life even in the dance world you're so friendly and approachable and so down to earth so humble and and it's just been incredible to have this conversation with you thank you so much for taking the time to do this i really really appreciate it thank you so much for having me i'm grateful to be here i definitely appreciate you yeah and before i let you go will you plug all your social media site where people can find your stuff so that people can go and find out more about who you are yeah thank you um my instagram is robert taylor jr that's r-o-b-e-r-t-t-a-y-l-o-r-j-r my twitter is at d the letter d the number eight robert that's my twitter uh facebook uh facebook.com slash robert taylor jr uh, or facebook.com slash d8robert and spotify also robert taylor jr um i just dropped a song last week called walk with me it's an afrobeats feel mm. my first afrobeats song so i hope i hope you enjoy that if you get to listen to it you can stream it on spotify or if you have itunes it's on itunes it's on apple music it's on google music and uh that's what's going down are you offering any like uh, virtual classes during this time of quarantine or no I have been, yeah. I've been uh, teaching for BDC. I've also been teaching for, like, like two days ago, I taught for Be Discovered. Mm. And um, there was one more I did, which was last week, called Rise. So I'm also on those platforms as well. And then if anybody wants to take any online classes with me, you can check in with me. You can see for information on, on the Instagram or just, you know, shoot me a DM and then we can definitely make some arrangements and things like that. That will be awesome. Well, thank you so much once again. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And uh, Likewise, likewise. When this quarantine's over, I'm coming back to the BDC class and taking your class. I'm looking forward to that for sure. Well, you got the moves, my man. I look forward to it. (laughs) I don't know about that. I'm getting old, Robert. (laughs) I say we're not getting old. We're just getting started, baby. Woo! (laughs) Well, thank you very much. And then I look forward to seeing you again soon. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Enjoy yourself. Be safe.